Every industry is under pressure to innovate, to compete, or even survive. But a lot of companies just aren't prepared for the disruption, for the challenges, and for the legal risks associated with technology. In this series, we want to find out how companies can build a resilient tech strategy. And we're going to be looking into some data you may find surprising. In today's episode, Joint Venture, Approach with Care. Most businesses, if they're not using technology already, are probably looking into ways of using it to stay ahead of the pack. But if your core business has nothing to do with tech, then you're gonna need some help. That might mean outsourcing the technology parts to another company. So a traditional bank might team up with a fintech company to offer services to customers through their phones, like Bank of America and Zelle. Or it might mean getting into a deal or joint venture with a tech firm. And both of these options come with some pretty hefty risks attached, and not only for the businesses themselves. So how can you grow quickly and acquire new tech safely? And what should you watch out for when you're entering into joint ventures with another firm? Well, Hogan Levels has taken a deep dive into some of the data around business and technology. It's all in their litigation landscape report. Let me introduce you to Olaf Gartner and Byron Phillips. Both are partners in Hogan Levels' litigation, arbitration, and employment practice. They're with me today to talk about how companies can stay ahead of the competition and overcome the risks. Olaf, Byron, welcome. Hi, Octon. Hi, Upton. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here with me today. So I want to just jump right in and, and get into some of the things that can happen, right? So when you bring in M&As, JVs, and partnerships, that can help businesses get ahead, save money by outsourcing key business processes to a technology company. But what are some of the risks here? Thanks, Upton. Look, I totally agree with you that there are huge benefits to, uh, to partnerships, joint ventures, mergers and acquisitions within the tech space. But there are also risks. With any kind of innovation, there is risk. And we see it all the time where there are mismatched expectations between parties or ill preparation for the joint venture or for the partnership, whatever the tie-up might be. Or there might be a failure to, to really plan for how the parties are going to enter into it and then how they're going to come out of it at the other end, whether they have an exit plan. So there are very many areas for potential risk, but that doesn't mean they're not a good idea. They're a fantastic idea. They're actually how we're going to make progress and how we utilize and develop technology properly for better business and for a better world. There are lots of tools that are at our disposal to, to mitigate risks. And when the risks do actually come to the forefront, to be able to deal with them in a sensible and meaningful way. That's absolutely also what we see here in CE. To join forces, to cooperate, it's, it's a great idea. To, to really do something, to develop things, um, it, it's fantastic. But you really have to pay attention to that. And that's our experience um, over a broad basis that cultures fit. If the joint venture is, is having too many different ways of, of thinking about the world, it can end in a, in a real trouble and that can go on for years. So you really want to be sure at the beginning whether this is a fit or not. That's an absolutely pivotal point. Often we focus on on the tech in a JV, but actually it's people. And most of the time, the tech is developed by and controlled by people. It is the people that you have to fit together to make a JV work. 
So according to the litigation landscape report, over 60% of businesses said that development and or deployment of technology is a core part of their growth strategy. Why do you think that is and how does a joint venture fill the gap? And is it is it always the answer? Certainly not always, if, if I may jump in, in here, but um, it is a very current tendency. And, and why is that? Because technology is, is developing so quickly and many large companies, they have the fear of being left behind, not developing quickly enough, sufficiently, swiftly into the markets. And you don't know which way will be the correct way. Either go left, go right, or just go straight ahead. So you have to team up with very um, agile, small companies, find a good match and have the options. Otherwise, you always risk that you're left behind. I think that that's one of the, the main points why we see so many um, GVs in over the last five years that, that increased a lot in the technology sector. Yes, absolutely. And, and a lot of the time, that is a very sophisticated, sensible company, whether it's on the tech side or on the the non-tech side, realizing that a particular area is not their area of expertise. They're not going to be able to develop either the tech or the non-tech side themselves. So it makes a huge amount of sense to bring bring the two together and to, um, to sort of exploit those opportunities as a team. The report also shows that the appetite for tech joint ventures is growing uh, quite rapidly. Uh, almost half of respondents said they're looking to execute a tech JV in the next two years versus just 39% in the past two years. So do you think that vulnerabilities and risks are going to have to kind of be weighted more into these uh, decisions? Yes, is the very short answer. A slightly longer answer is that we are obviously going to see uh, a proliferation of these um, of these joint ventures. I think that everybody everybody understands that, and it's the right thing to do for most businesses who are in working in this in these various spaces. The fact is, each business is going to have to understand where the risks are and how to mitigate those risks, and how to ensure that the joint venture or the partnership, however they're structuring it, two things continues on the path that is intended but also evolves where it needs to evolve. Byron, do you have any specific examples that you can share with us of when technology goes wrong? Yes, there's a couple of examples I'd just like to touch upon. One is a very high-profile, extreme example of where things can go wrong and have significant consequences. It is the post office horizon um, software matter in the UK, which has been the subject of a huge amount of legal, political and public scrutiny. the second example, although I cannot name the parties because it is a dispute I've worked on, involved a major IT infrastructure contract whereby the supplier provided software to a large organization. And this was a multi-year contract. Issues arose immediately because the customer organization had a number of sub-organizations within its structure, which all wanted the software to be bespoke to their particular wants and needs, and for it ultimately to do different things for each of them. Immediately, the service or the product provided, bore no resemblance to that described in the contract and caused huge issues for both parties. Again, this is a fairly extreme example, but you know, this is where you can see how issues arise. Without proper planning and dialogue with all stakeholders at the outset and throughout the project management phase, or understanding of what the tech is supposed to do and an ability to identify where it can go wrong and what to do if that happens, there can be very, very severe consequences. 
and the potential for lengthy and costly litigation or arbitration to flowing from that is obvious. And I think that is also up to what you touched on. Why is it that in tech GVs there is a higher potential for disputes? It is because the product is developing, because the product is new, it's leading edge. People at the beginning have high hopes and they really want to do something together. But in software code, for example, it is very difficult to find issues. It's not like you're taking a part of a car where you take a look at um, what, what you have in your hands, like in the old days. With, with software, all these intangibles, you can't really touch it. All this is part of technology and all this creates additional risks that are very, very difficult to verify and to find out. When we talk about some of the ways to mitigate risk, there are a few ways that have been outlined in the report. Byron, can you talk us through some of those? Yes, of course. There are a number of areas that we've focused on in the litigation landscape report. You know, what is the end destination and, and how do you actually wind down a, a joint venture or a partnership at the end of its life, at the end of its natural life? A lot of forward planning needs to be done unfortunately, quite often isn't done. And that causes all number of problems for parties because you need to identify what happens to directors who are on the board of the, of the joint venture at the end of its life. What happens with various assets and liabilities, IP rights that are um, developed during the lifetime of the joint venture. All of these things need to be dealt with at the front end in the deal documentation and to make sure that they're clear enough that each party understands exactly what's going to happen at the end of its life. And if there are likely to be changes in that, that there are express variations to the deal documentation to make sure that nothing is left ambiguous at the end. We have a very, very fitting example uh, about what you're just saying. We, we do right now have a huge joint venture dispute in a tech area that's just happening. And I'm talking about 50, 60, 70 court cases going on in parallel and all covering one joint venture. And they do have a very clear mechanism that they have for redemption rights. And I'm sorry for the technical expression. So a right of the founders to call the shares back if a specific financing round is not met. So very easy. Some money at a specific date or you can call the shares back. And we are still fighting because the other side, except that I didn't bring the money, but they started getting creative saying, but you didn't need the money at this time. The project was not developing sufficiently. So there was no need for the money. So people get creative. You need to try to do it at the outset to make it as simple as possible because lawyers and all people involved will get creative and will try to wriggle out. And on that, you must have a sensible dispute resolution mechanism in the agreement to to actually help the parties make their way through whatever issues they face towards the end because that's going to help with avoiding very creative lawyers uh, causing trouble when it comes to trying to resolve a dispute let's talk about the future of tech byron when we talk about let's say the metaverse or ai what are some of the risks and pitfalls yes thanks uh, thanks Austin. there are lots of really interesting things happening as we move into an increasingly digital future. The metaverse, for example, brings phenomenal opportunities for commerce and ex an extraordinary platform for social interaction. The general consensus seems to be that it will grow organically as we see more and more businesses coming into play and, uh, and different products and services and capabilities combine. If we assume multi-millions of users, 
it will require almost inconceivably huge databases to deal with the inevitable data, which itself, of course, brings uh, potential risk, including of data breaches and, and cyber fraud. So businesses and governments will really have to navigate the legal ramifications and certain legal tools will probably have to adapt and evolve. And, you know, and where we're operating in that sort of intersection between business and government, it becomes ever more important for the legal issues to be um, to be considered very carefully. Similarly, AI systems and their increasing autonomy present fascinating legal conundrums from a regulatory perspective, but also from the perspective of how existing legal doctrines such as negligence and product liability will need to adapt. Some jurisdictions are currently responding more quickly than others to the legal issues arising from emerging technologies. That's absolutely certain. Uh, China, for example, appears to be acting very swiftly to build a regulatory framework, which is fantastic. So I'm curious to know, what is your overall advice? What's your takeaway when it comes to how companies can mitigate risk? That's a great one, Upton. And and the answer might be surprising coming from a lawyer. Don't put too much attention on the law. It, It is extremely important. It has to fit. It has to be 100%. But listen to your gut feeling. Listen to what you get a feeling of cultural fit. Because that is what in the end will bring you to the ups and downs. And the legal text is is a help, is a support. But it will not make sure that the joint venture is a success in the end. Yeah, I, I totally agree with, with Olaf there. I think a further perhaps gloss on that is listen to your the techie people the people who know how the, how the tech is supposed to work. When you are entering into these agreements, you need to make sure that you've got the, the tech side of the business and legal working together to make sure that the deal documentation and, and any further documentation that's created accurately reflects what the parties anticipate is going to happen over the next however long period of the joint venture, ensures that all of their interests and intentions are covered and that actually the tech can do what, they want it to do and what the deal documentation says it can do. Because as soon as you've got a mismatch between those, then it's almost doomed from the start because you're going to be playing catch up to try to make sure that the tech fits with what the contract says. Thank you both for joining us today. For more information on the issues we've talked about, including the litigation landscape report, head to our website, hoganlevels.com. You can also get in touch with Byron, Olaf, or your Hogan Levels contact.